I want you to succeed at things that you never thought were possible, and I want you to fail at things that you never thought were possible. But I just want you to take that failure and move forward. This morning we're going to talk about the image of black men in our society. Black men are six times as likely as white men to be murder victims. They are two and a half times as likely to be unemployed. They finish last in practically every socioeconomic measure from infant mortality to life expectancy. And some think that black men are now to see almost an endangered species. It's interesting that many people perceive black men as less intelligent, less productive, more hostile than the rest of society. We thought it would be interesting to confront these stereotypes. We have with us this morning to share their insight three very interesting men. Ishmael, how do you feel? Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. I am your host, El Ray. Um, we did an episode the other day, and the audio was a little iffy. I didn't know it was as bad as it was while I was hearing it, so after I gave an entire lecture about it being bad, it still turned out like that anyway. But um, I know everybody that was in the comments was saying, let's do a group podcast, let's do a group podcast. So I brought in a group for a group podcast, and um, I think we'll call it Sunday Service. If it goes well. Maybe we'll do one of them a month. You know what I'm saying? You guys, you guys miss church, so we're gonna give you the real church oh, today. Man. Um, I'm joined today by you know four very good friends. We all known each other for more than ten years at this point, and um, we're gonna just basically continue what we had going from the episode before, where we kind of talk some history, some current events, and kind of what's going to happen going forward. Because <laughs> at this point, I don't know either. So, but welcome back. Lorenzo, who's a great guest in the episode before, the good old Red Feather Fink, <laughs> and our, our new other angry guy, because we got to count of these two nice guys, <laughs> my main man, Keon. <laughs> so, um, I guess, like, where we were before, I, I'd rather start, like, kind of where Leon was explaining it before, is how we were talking about race and, and what the difference between black and white actually is and what it isn't. So I know you explained it before, Leon, but if you go back, talk about those times again as to kind of how that plays out in, in uh, people's minds and what they think about race and color in general. Yeah, so in the 1600s, when white people started arriving in America, there was no such thing as race. White people were actually classified as Christians. So they either went by Irish... Uh, well, that's pretty much what it was, uh, Irish, Scottish, or they were classifying themselves as Christians. So they weren't called white until probably they was here for over 100 years. Um, so white is clearly just a social classification. Um, white meaning pure, and black comes from the Christian black codes, which I, I think I read them off. I don't have them in front of me, but um, the first four basically says that any black person that's found um, working on any Roman holiday is to be confiscated. Um, no Roman, no, no other religion should be practiced in America except the Roman creed um, and stuff like that. So that's basically why we're called black because you fell underneath those black codes slash slave codes. So, you know, now we take pride in being called black because the Black Panther said black, black pride. 
Yeah. But the but before that, we we didn't we didn't call ourselves whites. They class. I mean, we didn't call ourselves blacks. They classified us as black. So it's just a, it's just a, uh, a social classification. I know um, my brother and I had this conversation, and we went and got our birth certificates. We got our wife's birth certificates and our kids. Race is not even on on your birth certificate. So you literally grow up classifying yourself as black. They don't even call you back. You fell into it, and now you call yourself black. For sure. And I know that after we did our episode, I kind of got off um, the phone, and I was talking to my wife about the same thing, and she was asking me the question of why certain people are considered black and certain people can, can, were considered white. Like, when we were talking before about basically between 1890 and the 1920s, that what was black and what was white was literally determined by the Supreme Court. So you're you're talking about in 1902 they determined that Armenians were white, but what really is the difference in an Armenian versus Lebanese versus Israeli in terms of your look and your structure? Not really much because Kim Kardashian is Armenian. <laughs> well, you're right, but the other thing too is if you look at the census records, right? When you look at white, white says Europeans and North Africans. It yeah. doesn't say anything about a skin color. So even black people from Africa and from Europe are considered white, which is why some people in the Caribbean also classify themselves as white. It has nothing to do with your skin tone. So, I mean, just in terms of uh, kind of the theme of the show, I'll call it Sunday service, we'll have that more churchy theme, but it's more of, you know, four black men on a call that all own their own homes, that are all fathers. So, it, it like I say to everybody when I have these shows, it's a big part of it is... First of all, turning off that squeaky sound in the back. And second of all, humanizing, you know, black men as owners, as parents, you know, as great partners, as opposed to, you know, the stigma of these players that run around everywhere, fucking everybody, you have a million kids everywhere when, you know, everybody kind of has their stuff in order when we bring people on this show. But um, in terms of the church thing, I don't ever think I got the perspective of both Keon and Lo of kind of what you do believe in terms of religion. So I guess, Keon... What do you um, believe? Before I tell you what I believe in terms of religion, I also want to add another caveat to that because you see a lot of memes and agenda being pushed that black men don't marry black women, but technically speaking, we all marry black women on this call. So I want to put that out there for the listeners. So when you hear that, that's a lot of bullshit. So um, pretty much everyone I know is married to a black woman who's black. But anyways, we'll digress from there. For me, yeah, black. black. Um, in, in terms of religion, I don't believe in any religions. Um, it, it comes, it's, simp it's simple for me. One, religion was written by man. Everything that's written by man is skewed or flawed. The second part of that is I don't need a book to tell me how to live my life. I mean, I was born with everything I need to be a good person. When I do good things, I feel good. When I do bad things, I feel bad. And I don't need a book to tell me that. I don't need someone telling me that a white savior is going to come and save my soul when he hasn't saved anyone in the last, well, since he was defensive. So that's my take. I'm not religious. If I had to pick, I would say I was more spiritual because I do, you know, talk no. to my mother and talk to my ancestors and stuff like that. Not to bring anything spooky into this, but I'm not religious at all. I Shit, all of it. So. Yeah, for sure. I get well since Lorenzo and and on you, Lorenzo. That same question to you. What, what do you consider yourself religious-wise? Yeah, so 
I was raised um, Baptist, Christian, um, actually spent some time in a Catholic school and went to church a ton as a kid. Matter of fact, probably five summers, um, I went to Bible camp, <laughs> um, which is fun. You know, around, you're around other kids and, 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 and things like that. And I guess my opinion upon religion at this point in my life, once you, once you're actually able to think for yourself and kind of, uh, kind of understand how the game is being played, I'm more on Keon's side of things. I'm, I'm definitely more spiritual than I am religious. Um, as you're able to actually dig into history and see what religion has been used for and done throughout the world, I used to say that, you know, religion has saved a lot of people. Um, it brought communities together. But when you look through history, I mean, wars, the billions and billions of people that have lost their lives in the name of religion, and what we consider quote unquote evil, they're always doing it in the name of whoever their God is, mm -hmm. right? So for me at this point, it's more about spirituality and just believing in a higher power rather than, you know, the white savior that we all were, were grown up on believing that was gonna come back at some point. Man, yeah, well, yeah. He, might, he just did, he's the president. <laughs> hey, right. So if you look at religion, if you look at religion, religions is a means of controlling the populace. That's mm -hmm. all it is. And everything in the Bible that when you read the Bible, they use the Bible to control you. Oh, you know, obey your master, do this, do that, blah, blah, blah. That's all a form of control. That doesn't give you any type of enlightenment at all. If you actually read it for what it is, if you read it for a book and not something to guide your life. It's it's a means of controlling the populace, and that's all it's ever. Yeah, I, there is a famous quote. I can't remember who said it, but it it literally speaks to that. It, it's, it says something in terms of like, without religion, man would just be like fucking crazy, killing each other all over the place. But I mean, aren't we doing that already? Red feather Fink, what's your take on religion? Um, <laughs> I also I also don't believe in any religion at all. Um, again, like I study history a lot, and like they both said, once you start studying. Uh, the history of it and where it came from. Um, black people slash American Indians in America did not believe in any religion. They believe in spirituality and they believe in mother nature and they believe in living off the earth. And when you really look at it, how can that be wrong? <laughs> right? I mean, living off the earth and things like that. Um, I also like, I pray, but I pray to my mother. I pray to my ancestors. I don't, I don't pray to Jesus. I don't pray to Allah. I don't pray to any of that stuff. Um, because I also do think spirituality is real. So, you know, I think for us as a people calling on their God for all these years has not worked because it's exactly that. It's their spirituality system and it's their God. So why would, why, how can you have the same God as your oppressor? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, if I could, if I could just jump in. Yeah. Just thinking about that logically, exactly what Keon just said, and, and and I do think that social media has has been a fantastic platform for us to be able to connect and actually have these type of discussions about that exact thing, right? We were quote unquote brought over here on boats, even though we know that's not true, and then we were taught something and then continued to keep to teach that same thing to our children. How does that make sense? The person who was hanging you and murdering you taught you something and and told you to believe in this. And then for centuries, you taught it to your kids. And then beyond that, the church that controls billions and, and billions and billions of dollars, properties all, all over the world, they're covering up, they're priests 
raping kids and you still vouch for that religion? That's not a religion that you want to be a part of. It's not so, anything you want to be a part of. I mean, so, so hey, Ray, Ray can, I, can I address what he said? Because yeah. he made a great point. So if you look at history, right, and um, you know, like I said the last time, my brother and I are like big inside genealogy. We're always researching our family, the towns and all that stuff. So you look at history, I, I, when I first started learning about Christianity and, Muslim, and uh, Islam, all it being like kind of bullshit, I was kind of angry and I used to always talk to my brother and be like, yo, how did our ancestors teach us this bullshit? But then when you start going back, like Lil said, they was protecting you, right? Because these were laws that you were supposed to be Christian. They weren't Christians by accident, it was law. You were, you, you were not to practice anything but Roman Catholic creed, which is just a, sub, uh, a sublet of, um, of being a Catholic was Christianity. So, you know, when you look at, you know, why our ancestors didn't tell us that we was American Indian, because you would literally get killed by saying you was Indian. Why, as far as Christianity, if you said that you worshiped anything other than Jesus, they would hang you. So, originally, they were protecting their kids, and their kids over generations just kept teaching the shit to us. It wasn't, they didn't do it maliciously, it just kind of happened that way, but it was out of, originally it was out of protection. So, uh, I mean, a two-part question to, to, to you, Leon, and um, this is actually like five questions down of what I wanted to ask because it's something I wanted to get to in terms of that statement of teaching shit pass along, uh, like, down generations. Uh, when we're online, you you seen black people, they do this shit where it's like, oh, you put raisins in the, the potato salad. It's, it's funny. Like, I get it. It's a joke. But if we put it on the table and we put it on on paper... Who really does have the healthiest diet when we talk about racism? And that's obviously going to be that higher level of white people that eat organic, that eat that way. So why do we keep passing along this fucking horrible slave diet of food to people that's making us die from strokes at fucking 45 years old? And then my second part of that question would be um, being that having that American Indian belief that you have. Is there a certain type of food that is attracted more to what Americans ate versus kind of what we see as, you know, black people in the 16th, 1700s ate? So the thing with diet is, right, what you said is true, but I'm going to I'm going to go back as far as the slave diet. The food that we eat is actually not a slave diet. That's what they've taught us. The issue with food is the fact that it's processed and the chemicals that are in it now. It's, there's no such thing as slave food, right? Um, people in the uh, black people in the U.S., uh, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, Jamaicans, Haitians, all the Caribbean islands, Central America, South America, we all eat the same exact food with different seasonings. Yeah. And all those foods were indigenous to America. If you look at Africa right now, they have 660 main foods. Over 600 of those foods are indigenous to America. Mm-hmm. So we actually we actually civilized Africa. Not to go too far in it, but if that makes that makes sense, their food that they eat in Africa all is indigenous to America. I mean, even rice is indigenous so to Africa, and, and, and they brought it to Asia. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at what we call enslaved food, it was not slave food. So let's say let's take our collard greens. Are collard greens healthy, or do we put mad salt and we yeah. add vinegar, vinegar and all that for you, and we add pork to it? Like originally, we used to put you know um, ham hocks in it. Yep. So that ham hock has chemicals. Now the, chem- the the collard greens were sprayed with chemicals. Are those the same collard greens that our people ate uh, 200 years ago? No. No. Go to corn. 
corn has 300 different varieties of corn. We just eat the yellow corn. But there's corn that's red, there's corn that's purple, multicolored. We don't even see that shit no more. <laughs> right? I mean, but that, so even with that, um, and that's a question for further down the road. Let me finish. You go ahead and finish what you're saying, because I got something to kind of really say about, like, organic food and stuff like that as well. Um, yeah. Because, so I mean, I, I, go ahead. As far as, like, uh, even the meat, right? We look at a chicken breast. My wife and I, we started buying organic chicken breast from Wegman. The chicken breast is like the size, half the size of my palm. When you yep. get that shit from Stop and Shop, the chicken breast is bigger than some of these women running around their titties. So that tells you right there that something's wrong with that breast. So I don't know that the food is slave food versus the shit that we eat now because our ancestors, me and Keon looked up, were living to 95, 100 years yeah. old, 85. So we just started dying at 50 in the last generation. That's something yeah. new. Look at it. So um, let me hey, let me add something to that only because I mean this is a good topic because me and my brother was raised in the same household. Mm -hmm. We were raised in the same household up until we went to college, and that means we ate all the same food. I don't get sick. I don't have any health problems at all. None. Mm -hmm. My brother has some a few health problems, but that stemmed from him eating processed shit after he left my mother's house. Yep, I was so, eating fast food in college every say, day. Oh, it's a slave diet, and it's because of what you eat, and that's a bunch of horseshit. It's about what they're putting in your food and what the stuff that you're eating outside of your house. What are you eating? You don't know. You don't have a clue. So, I mean, chicken, so, but the shit could be anything. So, um, with that, I would say because recently I heard a story where you know there was a development in uh, in the hood, wherever the hood might be at that time, and they put a Whole Foods there. And everybody started yelling gentrification. Could you oh, you talking about Roxbury? I don't know if it's Roxbury, but I've seen it in other places as well. I've I've said on recent episodes, if you own that shit, gentrification is not real. I know I see you post about gentrification a lot. So kind of what is your take on that? And if I'm trying to put a fucking Whole Foods in your neighborhood for you to eat healthy, and you're calling it gentrification instead of just shopping at the Whole Foods, then you're still going to be making, you know, fucking candy yams with lard and marshmallows. Yeah, so, so for me, I, I completely understand the ideology behind when you see a Whole Foods in your community, it being gentrification. But just, you know, if you think about it, the reason why it's gentrification is because we can't afford the shit in Whole Foods. As it's say. not Whole Foods, we can't afford it. And that's the, that's the issue. You know, if somebody, if you know, if you have a single mom who's on welfare, me and my brother grew up on welfare, my mother was trying to feed us. It was nice that me and Keon fried fucking bread to mm -hmm. eat. Like, we was poor. So, if you have a parent who's just trying to feed their kid, they're trying to take those food stamps and stretch them as long as they can until they get food stamps again. Right? So, that mother is not going to buy the same pack of organic chicken breast that I buy now. Put twenty seven ninety nine for a pack of organic chicken, a family pack of organic chicken breast. Mm -hmm. A single mom can't buy that, so that's why gentrification is the fact that we can't afford it. It's not that it's there. I yeah. think and so. Before you go, Keon, I think a lot of that idea gets taken from the Northeast, because to be honest, and and we read the numbers last last episode. If if it, there's fucking thirty seven percent of Mississippi is you know black Americans. So now I'm talking at a point where I don't think I've ever heard a neighborhood get gentrified under Washington, D.C., all the way to Florida. And, and Keon, I wanted your take on gentrification as well. Because I don't think anybody's ever said, oh, they're gentrifying our Mississippi neighborhood. 
because there's black people everywhere and there's way more ownership. So when you own that much, you can have somebody come and put a fucking farmer's market there with their own organic food. You can grow yourself. So I think because the city mindset is so fucking, I need to make it to work in time and I don't have time for this and I don't have time to go home that nobody thinks that they can do that. Yeah. Hey, Keon, do you mind if I go for 30 seconds? Before yeah, go ahead. go ahead. So uh, I just want to address the South. So like we talked last episode, right? The United States of America was the 13 colonies. They just they destabilized the South on purpose, and the South is still destabilized on purpose. So there's no justification there because the government really doesn't want the South to be successful at all as far as land and, and the, the economy. Uh, America is a shit. Uh, the United States, sorry, the United States is a shithole, right? The only thing you see on TV is Boston, New York, L.A., Atlanta, Chicago. You see the major cities. The United States middle, is a third world country on paper. paper. They meet the criteria of a third is. world country. Yep, 100%. But go ahead, Wayne. I was going to say, yo, don't be using my government on him, man. I don't want people calling me that. That's wrong with you. So, Ray, I was going to say that gentrification looks different depending on where you are. So, so our family's from Alabama. Last time we went down there, and I didn't, and we went to school down there, and I never realized this while I was down there. When we were down there, there was plenty of white people, but when we went to school, we didn't see any white people. And then we just went down for my grandmother's funeral, and um, we're talking to our, my younger sister, and she tells us that all the white kids in the area go to a private school, all the black kids go to the public school. Now, I lived there and never picked that up. I mean, I was younger, but like I said, gentrification and, and, and those terms that we use up north have a different look when you go down south. Mm-hmm. It's you know normal I mean? down there. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it is. It so, is. I'm going to give my next question to Low, but so this is a story that happened to me. It was a couple years back. Um, I saw somebody online and they were talking and they said some shit like, I got on the bus today and it was in Boston. And they were like, and there was these two kids that was talking mad shit and their pants were hanging off their ass and they just looked like trouble and they wouldn't let this old lady sit down, blah, blah, blah. So I said, why don't you just tell him, why don't you just talk to them and let them, you know what I'm saying, know about that respect factor and everything. And, and the answer that that person gave me was that it's not my job to do that. It's their parents' job to do that. And I know, you know, as black men, we always talk about, you know, it takes a village to raise, you know, these kids. You need the help of everybody that's around. So, um, I said to him, like, I don't understand what what you have you had guidance and you had both your parents, you're not understanding the situation that somebody else could be in. You don't know where these kids live, you don't know what the fuck they're going through, and you don't know what saying to uh what you could that what you could say to them that could possibly change their life. Um and he was like, Well, they need to do what I do. I got my life together and I said, Well, what did your father do? And he was like he was a painter and I was like yeah and you're a fucking painter and I said well my father did 25 <laughs> years in jail so what the fuck am I supposed to be so, so the next question so right. that I'll give to Lowe in regards to that right before you right before you move off from that he's saying that I got on a bus or whatever I was on some public transportation and these kids had their ass sagging and blah 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 yeah. did he get up and give that lady his seat he, I don't think he was sitting down. So he, he wasn't a situation where he was wrong okay. for the dealing with the lady. Or, it was more wrong with his approach to you. I hear people say, and this is would be the next question that I get to low. Like if these kids would j- yeah. dress different, then people would see them different. So I mean, I, low. I know you. Even when you were doing records at the time, you was in fucking tuxedos. And I know Keon right. he's always on top, and Leon's got you know the Lord Jackson turtle shell, baby. <laughs> You heard a red table talk, red turtle talk. 
<laughs> um, do you think that clothing changes your perception in the eyes of people? It does, and it doesn't. It's not necessarily the clothing, but, but, but really more so how the media has portrayed the clothing. Um, I was watching something last night about when Allen Iverson came into the NBA and how they portrayed him. Mm-hmm. And it was a big thing about him wearing his hair in cornrows, which is something that black people have done forever. But when he did it, it became an issue and he was a thug. He wore long t-shirts. If you ever heard Allen Iverson speak, he's an articulate dude. He's smart. He's intelligent. One of my but favorite interviews he was, actually ever. The, the, right. the practice thing, everybody always says, oh, we talk about motherfucking practice. But one of my best parts of that interview was where the dude goes, well, don't you want to be like the best player in the league MVP? And Iverson goes, that's what I am, right? And the dude right. goes, that, that's what you are. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. No, I, I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, kids sagging their pants. I believe that came from some kind of um, something to do with prison, right? Where if you sagged your pants and it meant that you were down to do something. Mm-hmm. So people might, people might not even know where it originated, but, but, but the kids are following the trend at the time. For me, a lot of it has to do with the media, and that, and, and that really goes back to how black people have been portrayed from the beginning of time in this country. How our people could be enslaved for hundreds and hundreds of years, and then them to flip it on us that we're the dangerous ones. When they were murdering and raping us for hundreds of years, and then and, and then immediately after that, we're the dangerous ones. Well, I, I think w- you said last. Go ahead. I think you said last. Um, I think you said last episode or maybe a, a couple episodes ago how white people will go to Africa and hide in the jungle to kill lions, but will walk across the street when they see a black person. Yeah, like I that. Mean, the way that I always paraphrase the clothing statement is I say. Um, Black men used to get lynched with suits on with books in their hands. So please don't spare me that shit. Um, right. Leon, but, a.k.a. Red Feather Fink, why? So, yeah, I, I think um, with, the, with the clothes thing, it goes right back to what we talked about before, right? The, the Irish came here, and, and you've seen the movie Gangs in New York. They traded the first gangs. The Italians came here. They were the mobsters. They were the gangsters. Now we have Bob Deep, an American gangster, and we're the gangbangers. So all that is just is just imagery. They they use the movies, they use the industries that they control, and they show the image all around the world of us being what they they were. They are the thugs, they are the rapists, they are the killers, they all came one the colonists. They came in and stole everything from us, changed our identity, all that shit. But the Italians were some of the sharpest dressed motherfuckers ever. Cause they but they got that from the Moors. I just gotta throw that out there silks and all that shit the more stop them out of dress they, they i mean they were just in suits and they were fucking blowing up neighborhoods oh for sure i mean it, it, so, it, 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 exactly what he's talking about if you want to when you want to look up up to the moors that'd be 722 mansa musa and bringing europe out of the dark ages single-handedly teaching them mathematics teaching them plumbing and teaching them about five clothing because people were just living and shit with each other and sleeping where they shit to be quite oh, honest no, they weren't, well, you gotta put in that they weren't washing their asses either so I'm yeah, sleeping with shit. That goes with that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, at, at, at that at that point in Spain, they had the Moors traded bathhouses, and they would they taught white people how to take baths. So, Fink, why do people but, think that uh, Jesus is real? I mean, um, that Jesus is white. Um. So, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite movies growing up was the Ninja Turtles, right? And we all know the names of the Ninja Turtles. We have Raphael. We have Michelangelo, Leonardo, and Donatello. Well, those are all the, the famous 
painters who recreated the image of Jesus, right? Because the image Jesus, the, the concept of Jesus has been around forever. They actually got it from America and they got it from us. If you there's books from the Greeks and the Greeks give all the credit to America for sun worship, right? The Bible is and it's called Helios Biblos, which literally translates to the Book of the Sun. Mm-hmm. Right? So all the pictures in Europe and in Russia, Jesus was dark skinned. Even the Bible, right? Our people read the Bible, they're Christians, they'll have a picture of a white Jesus on their wall, and the book that they're reading says he was a, he was the color of burnt bronze and his hair was of wool. And his eyes was, was red as fire. That's the description in the Bible. So our people don't even have the reading comprehension to read the Bible. And and even if you believe in Jesus, say he looked like me. They they worship a white Jesus, even though the book that they supposedly are studying every Sunday says that he was he was he was a dark skinned man. Yeah, unquestionably. Um, so, but it was it, it was all through imagery. They 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 recreated the image of him. For sure. I mean, the story actually goes that they let a bunch of people out of jail and they asked somebody to paint a picture of him and and the the. La- the picture of the Last Supper is actually a bunch of criminals that they let out of jail to paint at the same time. Um, so everybody that's there is just a European dude, but obviously that became the look over time. Um, I've noticed recently that when I see young, like really young black kids, and it's funny because when I always see the picture of, of you and Keon when you're younger, it's like the biggest fucking smiles you've ever seen in your life. And you wonder where or what age range that you get to from being a little minority, you know, child that goes from that to like almost a, a, an anger or like a suppressed pain that you don't see those smiles anymore and, and, and life gets a lot more serious. When do you think that that is? And the question is to you, Keon, to start it off. Because, I mean, I have had that look on my face the entire time. But, like, I've seen people that, oh, why are you so angry? And I'm, like, five times happier than them. But that exterior, you know, glow, it's almost like you ever seen a, a, a black kid that's been adopted by white kids, by white people, but you don't know? You, like, you don't know his parents are white, but you can, you see something. You're like, yo, why are you so fucking happy? Why are you so much more happy? Why do you say stuff in certain ways? But you you know, it's like you know something. It's, it's no offense to that situation, but where does that pain and that hurt kind of start for us? I would say for me, and it may be different for my brother or for, for Lo, but those pictures that you see when we, are, when we were young, we're with my mother. My mother is protecting us. You know, we don't have a sense of what the world really is. We don't have any idea outside of our mother's protection and even being in the projects and, sh- and shaking roaches out of the cereal boxes, you have no idea the shit you have to deal with once you come out of that. Once you become a teenager, you start traveling, you start going to these different neighborhoods where you're not dealing with strictly um, black people, you're dealing with other races, white people, Asian people. That shit opens your eyes and makes you realize that everywhere you, at every turn, you have to be careful of what you're doing, where you're at, how you speak, who you speak to, because people see you as a threat when you're just trying to ride your bike down the street. So I think once once you become a teenager and you step into reality and you have to deal with these other races, that's when I think that's when it goes south. Because when I lived in a project, I was happy as shit, didn't even know I was poor. I mean, I remember going to, I remember picking up do you guys see all the pictures where the government cheese and shit was in the in the um, cardboard box and all oh, that? Yeah, I had the slicer. Yo, I don't ask my brother. I don't remember 
I don't remember a lot of shit from when we was when we was young, but I remember that. I remember going to the Lee School and picking up fucking uh, cornflakes in the whole white box, government cheese in the brown box. But while I'm doing that, I'm happy as shit. When we went down south, when we were living down south, when we were with my grandmother and we're with all our family, and when I can walk down the street and go into anyone's house and no one says anything, if I need food, they give me food. Happy as shit. But when you come back and you have to be a teenager or an adult operating in this economy in this world, it's a it's a stark reminder of how much people think you're a piece of shit, even though they don't even know you. So that's where minds come from. For sure, or that's what I would say would be the transition for me. Yeah, it's the, I mean, this, it's the same type of thought that I, the thought process that I have kind of towards it. I, I got into an argument with somebody on my Facebook because I told them that the first time I had a gun pointed at me by the police was when I was nine, and then again at thirteen, and then again at nineteen. I didn't even drink until I was twenty-five. So um, I didn't smoke weed until two years ago. So uh, when everybody's like, "Oh, if you just fucking obey the law, you're fine," then I'm like, "No, like." You're getting, you could be the best kid ever. And if you get checked at a certain age, it's almost like a let me keep you in line. But, um, low, same question to you. Yeah, no, I, I mean, pretty much along the same lines as Keon, I would say when you lose that innocence, and that comes both with, I guess, self um, accusation of, um, kind of the way you lived back then. And I think, for me, when I, the first time I really experienced loss, and that probably came when I was 13, 14, I lost my best friend. Um, we moved down to Florida at, at, at that time. He was still up in Connecticut. He was in a tough situation. Um, his mom on drugs, <coughs> father wasn't in the house. He actually wanted to come down and live with me and my family down in Florida. I found out later on, um, but his mom wouldn't let him. Mm -hmm. His mom was never at home. When I lived in Connecticut, he pretty much stayed, stayed over my house four days out of the week. So when we moved, I'm not sure if that was the last lifeline he had or what, but he committed suicide. And everything changed for me, for, um, for me after that. Mm -hmm. I, um, my mom and dad had split. I was with my mom and my sisters. And, I, and at that point, I realized I was at a crossroad. You know what I'm saying? I had to make a decision to stay with my mom and my sisters or to move back to Connecticut with my dad. And, and at that time I knew I needed a strong male figure in my life. Um, that's kind of when everything changed for me. And it was more about my future forward looking and not making the mistakes of the past. You oh, know, that, that's, that's really what changed for me. I, I, I mean, my background, when people meet me, they all say the same thing. Well-spoken, um, people who I work with, oh, you must've grown up, uh, you know, like in a upper middle class neighborhood. No, 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 no. Me and my sister joke about it all the time. We lived in a trailer in Louisiana for a couple of years. Um, one of the craziest memories I have is us waking up. It was me, my mom, my uncle, my, my grandmother, her boyfriend, my aunt, her two kids, all in like a 600 square foot trailer. And we woke up and it was a tractor trailer attached to the trailer because we were being evicted. <laughs> so... When people see me and the way that I act and the way that I talk, it is very measured a lot of the times because that's just how I have to be. Mm -hmm. You can't slip up because they can bury you at any point. Yeah. You, you say the wrong thing, it could be used against you, and that's it. Well, I mean, that's that exact statement. And, and before Jeff, uh, Adrian, went to UConn and before he went to the NBA, I was talking to him before he went to the NBA, and I said, listen, I know you grew up with all these Brookline kids. They have a safety net that they could fall back on where they can only fall so far. 
and your ass can fall under the ground because right. there's a very big difference between you know you you hear drake say started from the bottom i well and obviously with your statements and all of our statements we started from below that yes. so you had to work yourself to zero and then go from zero to a level to where somebody says oh all i wanted all i had was a small million dollar loan it's like, do you understand that I have not even, I might might have made a million dollars at this point, I don't know, just in collaborative money throughout my entire life, but um, when you have to start to get to zero, then how the fuck do you move from zero up to that? I mean, a small million dollar loan is starting from a million, <laughs> not, yeah. not below zero, right, right. but um, Leon, uh, kind of same questions to you and, and, and kind of how you kind of over time developed into whatever, because just to give you guys some perspective, I don't believe, I, I, it, when it comes to younger white kids, and when I say white kids, I don't mean like, you know, the fucking white dude that lives in the trailer park in Florida, or some white kid who's fucking both his parents are addicted to drugs in, in, in Charlestown, but I mean the people that they show us on TV, the people that they show us on Seinfeld. I think that black men don't get a chance to be teenagers. They have to be adults way fucking earlier, and that ends up taking a toll on them mentally. Some of them are having to raise kids, and, and just going back to the story with you and your friend, whether you're a bad parent or not, some of these parents, they get hooked on the system so bad that they know if they give their kid to somebody else, they're going to lose that money, and that's what ends up happening in those situations, and then they don't see the detriment of their kid that's right under them. But um, as far as you, Leon, kind of when did you feel that you're, you, you changed from that, you know, ignorant happiness to where everything life is bliss and I know we talked about this last episode to where people say well at least we have all these skyscrapers now uh, you know if the natives were here we'd still be living in the dirt and my, my you know my, my comment for that was but we still be the same happiness if not happier because it, it is what it is you have what you have and you know you, you're happy with what you have and now it's like because we don't have you know the fucking iPhone 25 we're mad for some reason yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of, it's, I think they both kind of um, said it perfectly. My mother was was such a great mom that we had no idea that we didn't have shit, right? So right there, we didn't have a worry in the world. We was poor. We may have ate some fucked up shit, but we were still eating. And we didn't even know any, like, we didn't know any better, right? I remember some stories of my, when I became, like, a teenager, when uh, Nat got pregnant with my first kid, my mother started telling me some of the shit that she used to do to make sure Keon and I ate and had Christmas. Like, my mom is dead now, so I can kind of tell the story a little bit, but, like, her and her husband was robbing fucking stores for us to have Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Because kids now, kids now, they don't even understand, right? You got moms out there who are prostituting to take care of these kids who are happy as shit, you get all the materialistic shit. You have no worries in the world, but your mom is out there literally in tears sleeping with some guy to take care of you. Your father's out here robbing, working some shitty job, dealing with some fucked up supervisor, making $9 an hour just to, so you can have that ignorance of happiness, right? So for me, that changed because I didn't listen to my mother. At, you know, me and Nat's been dating since we were 14. My mother, used to, she was always 100. Um, she's like, yo, I know y'all are having sex, if you keep doing this, Leon, you keep messing with all these girls, this is what's going to happen. She used to always say, she never lied to me. If you keep doing this, this is going to happen. So here I am. I'm under that bubble of my mom, and then I get Nat pregnant. Right? My, I called home from college. I told my, my mother and her husband that Nat was pregnant, and they said, okay, what are you going to do? 
at that moment, I had to become an adult. The shit was over. It was mm -hmm. over. Right? That's exactly what they said. My mother said, I'm not taking care of no kid. I'm not giving you no money. Don't ask me for nothing because I told you what was going to happen if you kept sneaking around doing X, Y, and Z. So I left school and I got a job making $9 an hour, right, with no degree, right? So our first apartment, we move in. Nat and I really don't know what relationships are really about. We have a kid that's crying. You know what I'm saying? We're living in an apartment with no furniture in it. So immediately, we're both probably very fucking angry people because of our circumstances. Mm -hmm. Right, so for me, that's when it was. When I had a kid, and my mom basically dropped me off the cliff <laughs> and said, "Okay, you got to be a man now." I, I essentially became angry because now I'm out in the world making nine dollars an hour, working seven days a week, and that shit almost sometimes felt like it was never enough. Mm -hmm. So it was like, "Yo, I'm busting my ass to make sure my family has everything they need, and it's not enough." Now, again, as a kid, I can guarantee you, my mom felt the same way. Oh, yeah. I mean, I said, so it's funny because you said something in the middle of that. You said, you know, people out there robbing and stealing and prostituting themselves. And the crazy thing about that is that, and I say this shit all the time, they do it to then tell you that your presents are coming down the chimney from a fucking white man. So now That's you're totally out here doing all this shit, killing yeah. yourself to not even take the credit for it in your own home. So you don't even demand the respect of what that is. And when I, I talk to a lot of like, middle-aged white men and I said that shit to somebody one time and he goes I didn't even think about it that way because I didn't say Santa Claus I said hey do me a favor can I ask you a question I said would you bust your ass the entire year work you know 60 hours a week to tell your kids that a black man bring the presents down the chimney he didn't even answer he just went oh shit I never thought of that no shit you didn't because you never would you never ever would do that <laughs> and yeah. that is just one of the things now you know you take a black father out of the home and then you replace it with a Jesus or a Santa Claus. So who the fuck you think the kid's gonna aspire to be? Jesus, Santa Claus, or the drug dealer at the end of the street that looks like he has all the money in the world? Because he has all the shit on TV that makes it look like that shit is the only thing right now in my current situation that would make me happy. Um, yeah, I think just to add to that too, I think systematically and in, in the world, but definitely in the U.S. Right? When you look at you have we have credit. Right, we have to get up and go to work every day and work with somebody else. The money, right, all that shit is added stress to the human being who's supposed to be living naturally. Mm -hmm. So, just if we look at nature, right, me and my brother live down south, Low live down south, you live in Florida now. When me, when Keon and I lived down, down south, my grandmother had a garden, right, a, a big garden. She had a fig tree, she had an apple tree, she had a watermelon vine, she had a peach tree. She went fishing every day. We had fish fries. Right, so that that alleviates a lot of the stress of feeding your kids because now you can feed yourself. Mm -hmm. Right now we're in a major city; you gotta have money to eat. Right, shelter. Look at some of these poor countries. People are just building what we call shacks, you know, because now I'm living in a fucking house that's 2,800 square feet, and you know, six bedrooms and two baths and all that shit. But do I really need all this shit to be happy? Right, the basics, the, the basic, the human needs are very basic. You need shelter, you need food and water. But the system that we live in, and like you said, we're looking at the drug deals, and we're looking at white people who have all this materialistic shit. And when we don't have it, it becomes a stress for us. But the reality is, you don't need that shit to be happy. Unquestionably, um, it's funny because I have. A, I'm, I'm going to actually download this picture right now because <clears throat> it's one of my favorite pictures. And I talk about it in a lot of episodes. 
And uh, it, it basically speaks to exactly like what you're saying. I don't know if you guys are on the live, but I'm going to put it up right now. But you'll be able to see it later, regardless. But it's... um, And I actually wrote the author because I wanted to frame this, this thing and put it on my wall. It is a... Uh, shit. Let me see. Got you right here. It's a picture of a father in a bombed building bathing his two girls and his two girls look like they're the happiest that they ever could have possibly been in their entire lives. I want to put it on my wall just for perspective because we can have all the skyscrapers in the world, but just like you're saying, you put all these skyscrapers and they told you that that's where the money was coming from and then didn't teach you how to garden. Didn't teach you that you could put a garden anywhere and then crushed the, the area down so much that you even learned, uh, forgot how to do that. And I don't even know if people know this, but as far as, and as far as Boston, around the fence, there's like community gardens that you can grow in. Why isn't there more of that in black communities? Like, you're, you're like, I know there's a couple places right there that just are unused properties where they should be doing that. Like, people should go and put that into place to where we can kind of get that skill back and, and put that skill in place for people to learn that they can do it um, when it comes to gardening, at least. The next question would be to Lo. I did ask this question to, to Leon last time, but we can all answer it again. Um, under this president, what has personally changed for you? What has changed for me? So let's start from a professional standpoint. Um, I mean, I won't dive too deep in it, but Pepsi, Pepsi's let people go. Mm -hmm. um, there are other large corporations right now that are making massive cuts. Um, the food service business, oh, which so, I'm hey, now... Oh, hold on, no, no. let me expound on that. Yeah. Yep. Before coronavirus, because I don't think any okay. president could have handled that. Okay, so pre-corona, <laughs> what has changed for me? And, and excuse my French um, to any of the people who are listening, you know, that, that, um, that, that know my mom, my dad, or, or my relatives, but I have realized I have come a, a, a lot further to Keon's side of thinking, and that's that the majority of people are, are, are pieces of shit. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Um, a, lot of pe a lot of people who I'm actually Facebook friends with, and I, and, and I thought were pretty good people in, in, in real life you know when they were going to the polls they were real quiet about it and um and i think dave Chappelle kind of um touched on it a little bit how he knew that trump was going to win because when he showed up yep. you know all the pickup trucks and and and, and cars that he saw out there and so during his president during his presidency with the flames that he stoked with the rhetoric um with the unapologetic uh, kind of boosting up of white nationalism and to have people who I considered friends not necessarily co-sign it but be cool with voting for someone like that and when I bring up my morals I even if somebody was going to put a hundred grand in my pocket over the next four years I couldn't vote for them if they were anti-Semite mm -hmm. if they were you know um anti-woman you know against the women's movement whatever that's just me but to have a guy say African nations are shitholes to have a guy you know Badger our first black president for, for, for four years saying he's, he wasn't born here and he has and I have proof I have people they're going to show proof and then he doesn't to me it hurt a little bit so that changed my mm -hmm. view of the world absolutely changed I, I, I used to believe that the majority of people were good people 
in this country, I no longer believe that. Okay, so is that it, once again, did he make those people bad? Because I can tell you right now, it could Superman could be the next fucking president, and those people are still going to be that. And those people were that during right. Obama, and those people were that during Clinton or fucking Bush or Reagan or Bush. So what? So, so he didn't change them, but he changed my view of them. But that's should he be, made, should, shouldn't that be good? That should be a positive thing. Um, I I guess it I get of, I get it. It's like I guess the, it kind the, of the, goes you, back you to, want to go back into the Matrix. Ignorance is bliss. no 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 no. Yeah, see no no. I, I, about, no. I was just about to quote the Matrix. Actually, I guess it goes back to what Leon was saying with the whole ignorance is bliss thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was more ignorant then, but I, I I do feel like that from a negative aspect, he has he's definitely divided the country more than I've ever seen in in, in my lifetime. And the same thing with any of my elders. So I, I don't, I don't see that as being positive. Well, I think what your big issue is to that, and you haven't said it, is that he's made it comfortable for people to be that publicly, mm-hmm. anywhere yeah. they are. I think that's what you have the problem with. I, I don't necessarily think it's, you know, what Ray said. You know, they, those people are going to be those people no matter what. You didn't know right. it was. You didn't know those people were like that because it wasn't comfortable for them to be that until they seen him act the way he's acted. Very true. Very so that's true. What I, I, that's, what I, that's what I would get from it, but, you know. I know yeah, Liam yeah. Dine hop in on this after lunch. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, no, so, I, could, I, could, I can go on for another half an hour with that. I mean, just traveling outside of the country as well, the way we look, we look like idiots. But once again, that's we, it, it don't matter people, what we look like because we, we are still the most powerful before, country. If we're still yeah. the most powerful yeah, no. country, we'll still do the same ignorant shit we've always done and blow your shit up if you disagree with us. And and and, and obviously that's unfair. I think one of the biggest differences for, you know, people that are very well traveled like like kind of we are is that we're not really hell bent on this. Maybe Leon is different a little bit in the situation on um this Americanism. I'm more of a global person. Yeah. I care about people when I run into them, no matter where they are. So, you know, everybody's like, oh, I feel safe, even though people are fucking dying on trains to try to make it here in the desert. It's a lot different to me than, you know, this mindset of if somebody <coughs> comes over here, then I, I saw an interview with Akon the other day and he goes, I remember when I first came here, people said that, you know, they lived in the hood and then I went there and they had fucking electricity and running water. <laughs> and I didn't have that for the first 12 years of my life. But you could go ahead and answer that, Leon. Um, for me, I think low hit it on the head, but I, I think I would like to think that I, I look at things differently, right? I I want honesty. So I, for me, what Trump did was basically he ripped the bandaid off off of off the United States because the Obama shit was a huge bandaid. It meant really nothing to us, right? It, it gave us somebody who looked like us, but and I when when I say Obama didn't do shit for black people, I say that, but I don't want nobody to think that I don't understand that he couldn't. Right? right, because being black, it's almost like you can't even you can't go out of your way to help your own people, because then his ass wouldn't have got reelected again. Right, right. But um, to talk about what Obama did, what Obama did was sign the Indigenous People Act. Right now, because we don't know that actually applies to us, you don't know that was one of the most major things he did. Is one of the most major things any president has ever done was to sign that rights of Indigenous people. But since you're not claiming your nationality, you're not reaping the benefits of that that little side deal that Obama slid in for black people, right? But you're saying but right far- now that it's it's it's. I mean, I know you you and Keon were basically saying that at this point it's 
near impossible to if they burnt the records up. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, but I'm just saying, like, as far as, like, you know, when I say Obama did nothing for black people, I'm just clarifying why when I say that, and I do know some some things that he, he tried to do and kind of slide it in there, but our people don't even know that it exists. Yeah. Right? But as far as Trump, right, we can't forget when Trump, when, when Trump was interviewed back in the day, he said, if I ever ran for president, I would run as a Republican because they're the dumbest people yeah. in our country. Trump gave money to the Clintons and to the Democrat Party for 30 years. <laughs> yep. Right? So why do we ignore these things? Because my common sense would tell me he's cool with Hillary. He's cool with the Bushes. All these dudes are cool. It almost seemed like we're living in a fucking circus. Unquestionably. Like Obama <laughs> was like so well, Obama was so well put together, well-dressed, well-spoken, you know, handsome dude. They're like, okay, we're Wait gonna a second, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, go on my, let me go through my paper because I think I have a, a beautiful quote. I wasn't going to play the game today, but if I could find this quote, <laughs> it's fucking delightful. <laughs> Shit. But so what I'm saying is like, it's like they, they gave you Trump to basically give you fucking balance is what they did. That's what it yes. seems like to me. You got yes. Obama, and that shit was it was awesome for you know for, as far as the feel of the country. And then Trump came in and fucking woke you to fuck up because Trump is the what Trump is uh, revealing is what our country is. Whether you want to like it or whether you agree with it, it's been that way. We can't sit in and say we was we was enslaved. White people this, white people did that, and then now. 400 years later, we're saying that we don't want to know that they... We've already known. Mm -hmm. This is not new. You know, when we look at Black Lives Matter, you know, some people on my page will say, oh, you know, at least the NBA players are, you know, making people aware of what's going on. They're making who aware? Black people don't know what's happening. White people don't know what's happening. It's been going on for fucking hundreds of years. It's funny funny you said that because I um, I was watching the shop with LeBron and Jamie Foxx is on there, and this actually speaks kind of what Lorenzo said, and Jamie Foxx literally said to LeBron, and obviously Jamie Foxx is out protesting now, he said, I think that it happened so good for us during a 10 to, like, kind of a 10-year period that we weren't looking at the TV, and we kind of forgot that that we thought racism ended. It, it was truthful. He yes. said, I, we thought it ended because we had made it so far that we looked at the TV and we were like, oh, this is still going on. So it's like we almost lost. We got we had a, a, an entire generation lulled to sleep to where they yes. stopped fighting, and now we fast forward to like you know I said a couple episodes ago what is turning into the biggest civil rights movement in the history of of, of Earth um, when it comes to this country and when it comes to the world. I mean, shit, you got people in Germany protesting. That that's right. Forget a little big, and and I think one of the biggest things Obama did do is the symbolism is so fucking important. The fact that you yeah. can be, you know, the president is, is and, and between that and this Tyler Perry <coughs> thing that's kind of still being played down. But like I said, Spike Lee said, it's harder to become the head of studio than it is to become the president of the United States. And now we have a head of studio and, you know, a president of the United States so that you don't have to tell your kids all you got to do is be a basketball player. You can say, listen, you could be the fucking president if you try hard enough. You know, whether that be true or not, because we know that the whole presidential shit is a farce, um, that you can shoot for that and you can be anything in uh, between that. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can I address two things real quick? Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Low, low going uh-huh. in the yeah. All right, so one quick thing that Trump did do for me, right? So for me, Obama... Bro, are you recording this? <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 look. It's a positive. It's a positive. It's a half positive, but it's positive, right? So for me, 
Obama proved that you can be black and be president. Now, Donald Trump <laughs> proved that anyone can be president. Where you're going. Literally anyone. A crackhead, you don't have to graduate college. You can be an adulterer. You can, you, you can have sex with a porn star while your wife, while your wife is pregnant. You can do all of that. But, so Just don't wear a tan I'll, suit. So, so listen, listen, 2024, we need The Rock. We need Oprah. We need Denzel. We need anybody. We need anyone on the ballot, to be honest with you. I'll, I'll even back on. Well, it's, it, 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 it's AOC. <laughs> AOC. Anyone. It's AOC right, so, or nothing. <laughs> Go ahead, Leon. You good? So, um, two things. One, um, when you guys said we thought racism was over, Jamie Foxx said we thought racism was over. We didn't think racism was over. We don't even know what the fuck racism is. Right? That's the real problem. Mm-hmm. Black people don't know what racism is. Racism is not somebody who hates you. There are two different words. Racism is systematic. It's the laws. It's the white man who's telling you what school you can go to. It's the white man deciding on whether you can get this mortgage. It's the white man deciding on how much you can get on a credit card. It's the white man deciding all those things that you it restricts your movement and your ability to gain wealth and to be, quote, unquote, happy and live the American dream. Racism is not somebody disliking you. I dislike some black people. Does that make me racist? I'm not, I'm not racist because I, I, I dislike fucking humans. I dislike a lot of people. And a lot of people dislike me, right? So we don't understand what racism is. We're, we're in their system. Their system was built for them to keep you down so they can stay on top. As long as you're in their system, you're gonna be involved in racism because that's what race is. It's a, little, it's a, it's a race, right? So my they're, always gonna look, they're always gonna look out for themselves. Quick, quick question to Leon. So... So what would you call it? Because I, I, I'm with you on that. I, I, I dislike some black people too. The, but the difference is, I don't dislike them because they're black. So my question and, is, and I don't uh, prevent them from getting jobs. Right, and, and I don't dislike any white people because they're white. But what do you call it when white people don't like you specifically because you're black? Well, you, it's just some, it's, it's just somebody hating somebody, right? Because right. this is why I say that. If a white person looks at you, they've literally been trained for generations and generations yeah. that you ain't shit, that we're going to attack them. And then if, if you are a little white kid in school and you learn the history bullshit that they teach, that we came from Africa, they brought us from Africa, they whipped us and they beat us and they raped us and they stepped on our kids' heads and they, they were cut off on our women's stomachs. What do you think them people might want to like, retaliate at some point? <laughs> right. 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 So that, that what we think is racism is them really fearing us because they've been trained to fear us. I'm not saying white dudes ain't tough. There's some white dudes out there that, that can throw hands, they'll beat your ass. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but they look at you as, and they fear your presence because all they've ever learned was you ain't shit and that you're violent when the reality is we're the most loving fucking people on, on earth. If white people did what they did to us for 400 years, why aren't we out in the streets slaughtering them? Exactly. Because so, we're loving, because we're loving people. It's funny because what you just said. I was just watching the Mavericks game, and um, uh, what's his name? Fucking Marcus Morris, whoever, whichever one he is, smacked the shit out of Luca and his face <laughs> going to the hoop, and got a flagrant too. And Luca got up like he wanted to fight him. And Jeff Van Gundy goes, "Well, Luca's acting like he wants to fight him, but we don't, we don't, we know he doesn't want a piece of Marcus Morris." Has Marcus Morris that? ever been in a fight in the NBA? Like, yeah. did, did he just knock somebody out cold? I don't understand. 
Why do you think that Luke right. is not tough to fight him and, and Marcus Morris is so tough? But the thing is, that plays right into it. Now, look, again, we're, we're little white kids sitting here watching the game. A black dude smacks a white dude, and the reporter goes, oh, he doesn't want to fight him. It triggers those same emotional That's responses what I'm saying. when you see another so black So now it's man. like we never see Marcus Morris fight. I remember Coco Chris was on the Red Sox. He was a fucking golden glove undefeated boxer. But he looks just like a, yep. you know, happy-go-lucky dude. Yeah, but if you really got to fight him, you'd fight. And same thing with David West. He's a golden gloves boxer. You ain't never seen him fight. Marcus Morris is just, a, you know, he just looks dangerous. But what the fuck does that right. mean? Um, moving forward, this is the quote. I found hey, it. Hey, Ray, can I, I, I had two points. Can I just, I'll be, I'll be quick. Go ahead. Something Lorenzo said. So when we talk about Obama and we say Obama gave us the feeling that a black man can be president, right? Now, the facts about who Obama is and what we've been told is not true, right? Because Obama's stepfather, they tell you Obama's father wasn't around, he grew up poor, all this bullshit they tell you, right? But they don't tell you his mother married a dude named Lolo Sororo. Lolo Sororo, when he died, Lolo Sororo was uh, Obama's two younger sisters, biological father. He was in the CIA and he was in oil. Mm-hmm. When Lolo Sororo died, he, he left his, he was the 15th richest man in the world. And he left, his estate was left and divided equally amongst the three kids, including Obama. Obama is one of the richest motherfuckers on the planet. But you don't know that because they gave you a story of him being poor. Mm-hmm. So, no, yep. not any black man can be president. A motherfucker who's probably in the top 15 richest people in the world that's black can be president. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, the thing right? is, with, with that, just like we don't tell that anybody about that, that, that about you know any of the symbolism we see anybody can be anything I, I have friends that you know graduated from college i have cousins that graduated from college with a master's then got killed the next year because they wanted to try to sell drugs um so it, it's all going to be kind of <coughs> in the decision that, that in the decisions that you choose to make and how it plays out but um i'll do one question from the game and ray before you do that you need to change your your quote in regards to tyler perry because it may be hard for a black person to be the head of a studio, but he's not only at the head of the studio. He owns a successful studio. But yo, no, so, it, it wasn't his quote. It's Spike Lee's No, no, quote. no, I know. I know. But change <laughs> it. Change it. Because a, a black guy can be a head of a, a, a white-owned studio easily if they wanted it. But it's a lot harder yeah. to own your own successful studio. And that's what he's done oh, yeah. outside of the system. So I think it has more weight than what that person said. That's all. Yeah, no, it, it this it, it happened after. So like when when the president thing happened, Spike Lee gave the speech. I think it was at the Oscars where he said it. And then now Tyler Perry owns this shit. And I mean, obviously they're putting movies through it. Coming to America Two is gonna go through there, and and bigger movies wow. are gonna go through there. Other than what Tyler Perry just thinks about his movies. And I, I spoke yeah. about it. There's an episode of Wokeish, and, and actually Ralph was the one who told me about it, where the dude's talking about Tyler Perry, and he and, he, and he's talking. He's like, man, I kind of think a lot about how white people think. And Tyler Perry was like, why? And he's like, because you know, rotten tomatoes. And and <laughs> Tyler Perry goes, let me tell you something about those tomatoes. Fuck them. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, fuck them tomatoes, fuck what they're thinking. He's like, because I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to my people. So that's yep. kind of the why my movies yep. are on those angles. Go look at the review of Malcolm X on IMDb. I don't think it's like higher than an eight. It might be like a high seven. But to us, it's a fucking 10. You right. know, go look at the rating right. of Coming to America. I think it's a low seven. To us, it's a fucking 10. Somebody tried to tell me that Caddyshack right. is the funniest movie ever. No, it's not. It's not even in my top What's 100. Friday? <laughs> exactly. Friday? I think Friday's a little right. higher because they give the storyline a little bit more, but Coming to America is amazing. I mean, 
Yeah. But um, yeah. so for the, for you guys, if you don't remember what the what the the quote game is, is is this Kanye, Hillary, Obama, Biden, or Trump? You ready? Think. All right. Yeah. 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 Quote, I mean, you got the first mainstream African-American who was articulate and bright and clean and a nice looking guy. I mean, that's a storybook man. I said no. Keon, who you got? Trump. Trump. Low? <laughs> Hillary. Hillary. Leon. I'm going with Hillary. It's Biden. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Hey, I forgot Biden was an option, else I would have told you that. <laughs> so I mean, obviously, like, and and I remember when I did it last time. Kind of, Ralph said, "Oh, why don't you post the, the crazy Kanye quotes?" But the thing, the point is, is that Night -night. if you can't even differentiate these statements and let you know how close the stupidity behind the shit that comes out of all their mouths are, you know, um, I guess what, what kind of where we are is current events. Um, I think I said it the other day, the importance of, of kind of how I thought about, you know, Black Panther and talked about it the other day with, with Leon. It was the only time I've ever seen a kid, a white kid, a young white kid come in with a fucking T'Challa mask and it kind of took the nation by storm. And that's the same symbolism I'm talking about with Obama as to where you tell people, you know, you can you can be anything because when I was younger, your superheroes were Batman and Superman and just like that. Yeah. Um, and Jesus and, and Santa Claus. So... There's a common theme there, obviously. So you you don't even think you can be a superhero. And I remember when the podcast with Shaw Stimuli, I said when when people said, "Why are people looting their own neighborhoods?" I said because they don't fucking know anything outside their neighborhoods. You know, yeah. the five minute walk to the fucking store. That's what I'm gonna go burn down. So it's almost like me and Ralph joked about this shit when we were talking to a person. You need like a rioter class. Don't don't burn this building. Go burn this courthouse. <laughs> so there's more direction and moving everything forward. People say that, but but they don't put the context to that. They say, "Oh, black people go into their neighborhoods and burn down their own shit." They're burning down those neighborhoods because they know that they don't own shit in those neighborhoods. They don't own the yeah, house. They don't own us. the buildings. They don't own the property. <laughs> it's not. They live there. It's it's not their neighborhood. They live there. They don't own any. And you know, different parts of the countries are different because you know we have affluent black areas. But generally speaking, black people don't own any of that shit. And, it, and it's only their neighborhood because people want to exploit them for their finances. Whether that be WIC or, you know, taking money out of the system. No one's going to a black community opening up a store to, to help the black people there. It's not happening. Not an Asian, not a white person, not a, not a um, Arab. Uh, oh, shit. Don't even get us started on church. No one. No one's going to open up anything to help them in those neighborhoods. And they know that. They then. We want to. They may be uneducated, but they're not stupid. They're burning down the shit because they know that they, they don't own it. None of the people they know are going to be impacted by that. You don't think they can get into a car and fucking drive down to another store after they burnt down that one? I mean, they got Mercedes and bolts in the projects. They can get around. <laughs> they're, they're not worried about the store down the street that you can walk to five minutes. They, they're not worried about that. So, I mean, okay, and that's something that that's something I actually speak about all the time. I know we always. You know, when we when we talk, Ray, we always want to talk solutions too, right? We have our pains, but we always want to have solutions. In the quote unquote black neighborhood, I tell people you don't have a community. And they get mad at me. You don't like my brother said, you don't have a community because you don't own shit in it. You don't own anything in it and you don't control the finances and the money that comes through it. Right? The Jewish community, when they get paid, what you know, their businesses or whatever, their money stays in their community for thirty days before it leaves their circle. Mm -hmm. 
in a black neighborhood, it leaves out in four hours. Yep. So you that's, take your that's money. That's banking. That's everything. And even with that, like, when, yeah. I tried to use One United. They have the worst fucking customer service ever. But who do I talk about that to self-improve? I bought a shirt one time from a dude. It, was, it said, buy black on it. Took me a month to get it, and it was the worst quality T-shirt I ever got in my life. It was thirty-five dollars. I literally sent this motherfucker an email, and I said, "Listen, if this was not a black company, I would have fucking demolished you. This is thirty-five dollars, and I paid for the worst quality shirt I've ever had in my life. So I'm just gonna tell you right now: improve your product and get better. I don't even want my money back, but I want you to stop doing this shit because this right. is unacceptable." Don't think that you yeah. can do this when your product is not at a point where it is. And I mean, I'm a person that does reinvest in the community. I'm, I yelled at a fucking cop the other day. I said, don't fucking tell me about drug dealers. Tell me when you want to start a youth program and we can start that shit. And then we can actually talk to everybody one-on-one. -on -one. And um, I guess when I started it, I, I, talked, I, I wanted to kind of talk about you know, Black Panther and the, and the kind of the impact that it's had uh, in terms of symbolism and where Chad, Chadwick Boseman and kind of what he meant in that four-year stretch because when you look at it, he was fighting cancer for four years and did like almost right. eight movies in that fucking period. Black Panther being one of them. You didn't see see anything. So, I mean, I guess it's like a, we want to definitely recognize the genius that kind of that was at this time and I know a lot of people spoke to well it's still in a white studio well I mean when you look at Kugler and the way he talks I'm sure the next one's gonna be out of a black studio and then as far as the next one who do you think could replace him I mean I have the answer who should have been the first one but before <laughs> you I mean just we go into that before we go into that a lot of people are saying, and, and there's nothing wrong with this. This is just my way of thinking. They're saying, you know, the Black Panther died, the Black Panther died. No, Chadwick Boseman, a successful black man who started from nothing, died. Black Panther will be on the screen next year. Mm -hmm. So instead of telling your kids that, and not even tell my kids yet, so hopefully they don't, he don't hit it. Yeah, and your kids are smart. I mean, a lot of people think kids are stupid, but they're smart as shit. Instead of saying that the Black Panther died, the message should be, should be Chadwick Bowman, the black successful man who started from nothing, who had enough success to play Black Panther in the movie, has passed away. Yep. And this is why it's important. But no, everyone's saying, oh, the Black Panther died. No, the Black Panther, what are you going to tell your kid in six months when the new fucking movie come out and there's a Black Panther in it? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's um, he's going to be in the next 12 Marvel movies. Yeah. Mean the Black Panther, not Charles with Bowman, but you know. So I, I think sometimes we we have an opportunity to educate our younger, you know, our kids and younger people. We don't even take that opportunity because I I don't know. I think we're just caught up in the bullshit. Well, I think I think you know, and I had a couple. There was an episode I did with somebody that was like, "Oh, I haven't explained certain stuff to my kids at a certain age," and I'm like. You know, in other countries, they're showing you dead bodies in the fucking front page of the newspaper. So there's got to be a point where we explain the seriousness before somebody's hitting you in the fucking head with a nightstick. Because it's going to happen way sooner than we think it is, whether we want it to or not. We want to say, hey, you know, you're not supposed to have interaction with the police until you're 18 at least. But in actuality, if I'm getting a fucking gun pointed at me at nine, that's just not true. So those conversations have to be sit down and explained as to why this shit is happening. And, and, and a big part of the podcast is kind of holding up humanizing us because we're not fucking the, the motherfucker that's out there selling crack. We're not the motherfucker that's out there shooting people. We're the successful fucking fathers that own fucking homes that came from nothing that we are the American dream. But nobody wants to show you that. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. We we did build ourselves up from nothing to where we are now, and we're still kind of shooting at the skies, and we're still mentoring younger men when we can, and we're still, you know, doing everything to keep our programs going and support each other in the process of it. Um, right, right. I guess they just want to show. They just want right. to show you the athletes and, and and the musicians. They don't want to show you the everyday guy who started from nothing, or the do- or if they do show you a doctor, they're going to show you Ben Carson. Yeah, they're not. Like, I, I have shit. It's, it's on my Facebook wall. They're not going to show you the man that invented Super Soaker, who's a fucking rocket scientist and he's worth five hundred million dollars. They'll yeah. never show you. People don't even know his name. They're like, first what? name, but his last name's Johnson. Yeah, and he sued the shit out of Hasbro and he made an, a, another shitload of money as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Liam. So, as far as uh, the movie Black Panther, you said it was genius, right? And I have to take this opportunity because there's people listening and this is going to go to YouTube to educate our people. The movie was so genius that you think Wakanda is in Africa. <laughs> That's how genius it was, right? I just sent you a picture, Ray. I, I hope you can put it up on the screen, right? Wakanda is America. There's three different places in the United States called Wakanda. Wakanda was a North American Indian spiritual god. So it is in Wisconsin, there's a Wakanda Indian park. It's been there forever, right? The Black Panther is just a jaguar that, you know, is, is dark. And you yeah. can kind of still see the the uh, circles in his fur. So a black panther is any big black cat. The jaguar is indigenous to America. That's how genius the movie was. And they were talking about America, and you thought they were talking about Africa. But we can move forward. No, that, I mean, that... Oh, motherfucker, hold on. Let me put up this picture. Are we moving forward just yet? So this is the picture that he's talking about. I have it up in the Facebook Live if you want to see it. Um... My initial kind of statement for that would be in terms of Africa and Wakanda being in Africa is that uh, the vibranium, and I would completely attribute that that to what is Coltan and that's what they make cell phones with, which is all over Africa. (laughs) But they also have the biggest deposit of that in Haiti. Yeah. So, but but here's the thing. But what I'm saying with the Wakanda is... They're telling you that it's a fictional place, and I'm telling you it was real, and it's about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, and- the, the empowerment behind it is is unquestionable. The, what you choose to look into it and what you choose to take from it is different things. Somebody that's a kid might take something completely different from that statement, you know, the, nah, just let me die, you know, bury me with my family that was in bondage. I mean, I'd rather be dead than in bondage. The, the, the Killmonger statement at the end of the movie, and, and obviously... Just like I said to Lorenzo earlier about his friend's mom and willing to give up the money for him to stay with him, even though we're talking about somebody's life. At this yes. point, it's like, how much are you willing to give up of your comfort level to make sure that shit changes for the better for the future? And, you know, as fathers, you realize that you can make those changes and make those sacrifices because you can directly see that the embodiment of what you become as a man will change everything that your kids are as they grow up, as you educate them faster. But these motherfuckers that are running around there that are bad parents, that are bad people, have no empathy and they just don't care. It's just like, yeah, I don't, there's a reason that my name is my name on Facebook. I don't fucking have, you know, one profile picture with a Facebook profile that I set up one fucking day ago just to get on and troll people. I said some shit about some dude yesterday. I said the most coon shit ever. LeBron James doesn't, he doesn't help my kids. He doesn't motivate my kids. He said some shit like that. He's a black dude that in his picture was like boxing with his kids. And I said, motherfucker, this is the most coon shit I ever heard in my life. 
it is what it is. Everybody's not shoe hands on with your parent all day. And guess what, motherfucker? Even if they are, we are not perfect. We are fucking humans. You can take in, you know, the feedback that somebody might have about their parenting. I can remember I saw it was a couple years ago that I think you, Leon, you did for Mother's Day. Uh, you and I think it was Southie gave a set up a whole dinner for y'all wives with fucking menus that you printed up. That was one of the dopest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. I was like, yo, that is insane. Like, I wanted to do it that day. It, that's how much of a great idea it was. But if I went and was so fucking hard-headed to think that I had the answers to everything, like this fucking coon dude, <laughs> then guess what? I just think I'm right all the time, and that's fucking impossible. So what I said under it, I was go, you're a fucking coon. And then somebody came under and he goes, oh, I bet you wouldn't say that to his face. And I was like, I don't think you understand who the fuck I am. I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want to anybody's face. If we want to fight, we can fight. If I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose. But the fact still remains, you're a fucking coon. But <laughs> yeah. well, see, you know, and the thing is, Ray, you're 100% right. And me and my brother talk about parenting a lot. I have my kids a lot earlier, and, you know, his, his kids are younger. But, you know what I'm saying, my, my brother's a brilliant dude, so I listen to him. It's times where I fuck up as a parent, my brother's telling me I'm wrong. I listen. You know what I'm saying? Just because I have to respect it and I know he's an intelligent person. But the reality is, as parents, we don't understand. Like, all right, you have the parents who allow celebrities and the media to raise their kids, and you have parents like us who are involved, and you still don't understand how big of an influence the world has on your kid. The world is raising your kid. I don't give a fuck how good of a parent Bro, you the are. Ma the magazines are in, in the fucking the, it's store. Raising them. Right at the goddamn end right. of the exit. So Kanye and aliens are fucking each other so they can have Kim Kardashian's kids. Like, the craziest shit ever that you think yep. they walk by and that your kids don't see, they're looking everywhere. You know to ignore something and they're just trying to yep. take in all the information that they see. And then, you know, the question might never get asked because they're like, oh, that's weird, but it's in my head forever. Just like when people scroll their timeline and they see, you know, the headline and then they go... Yo, did you hear that this is what I'm mean, like, yo, did you open the fucking article from fucking 2002? <laughs> and read it? I think. Hey, <laughs> I, I'm big on, I'm well, let me not say I'm big on context, but I always try to see context because that explain, that gives you more of a, an awareness of what the person's trying to say. So a lot of people go to that Killmonger statement because, you know, it's a cool thing to say in a movie and a cool thing for this. But what people don't realize is, he said that shit because he didn't have a family. No one. Mm -hmm. He had no one. His father died. He didn't have a mother. And he had no family. No grandmother. No sister. No cousin. You think somebody would have that mindset if they had an entire family that they, that they had to take care of or love them? No, so you're 100% right. It has well, to, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing now as going out and protesting or already being enslaved because you look at it and you're like, yo, I have to real... Yo, this is a... Tr here's a true story. Like, before I left Boston... Um, fucking Will was like, yo, you should come work for Merrill Lynch because you are a way better salesperson than me. And I was like, I already knew that. We're not even close. I'm, I'm fucking one of the best salespeople I, I know, like ever. And I, I have three different companies I've been with them in top 10 in the world in sales. So he goes, but it's a three-year probationary period and you make 90K a year, but after that, only 3% of the people make it. And my answer to him was, that sounds good, but I cannot take that risk because I have a fucking yep. family. So if that doesn't work out in year four, what the fuck am I supposed to do? 
just be at zero and not be able to figure it out. And most people cannot grasp that. So you're 100% right. It's even harder to make those choices. And with that being said, like dudes like Derek Grace, who's very, very, very militant and has his like four-year-old girl loading guns. I don't agree with that either. Because once again, what is the fucking end result here? The end result is not to fight white people and win the fucking world. The end result is just happiness and owning your time. So why the fuck are you going to destroy your kid's childhood? You know, it's a happy medium between everything. I can't just put a gun in my five-year-old hand and say, run around. And if you see people, they're trying to take your life. You just kill them. It's like, okay, so now what? They are a stone-cold killer that where we said we didn't run into to, to, to shit that made us sad until a certain age. Now you're making them think so serious at such an early age that they don't get that freedom and that happiness to run around and enjoy their life. So it's very hard. Like you, we learn every day, but, um, and I guess with that being said, and I didn't even really mean to walk into this question like that, but this most well, recent wait, wait, current do event. Mind, do, you mind, do you mind if I address that for one second? What go you ahead. Said? The, the issue with us as black people we don't even realize that we're trying to be like white people. Like we talked about last time, like you hear people on Facebook talking about equality. That means being equal to. Why would I want to be equal to somebody who I think is fucking has done all this shit to us and they treat us like shit, right? So now we see uh, white people who are in the fucking woods with fucking helicopters and the biggest guns in the world waiting for civil war, right? They're teaching their kids how to shoot. So now here we come. We're doing the same shit. We're trying to do what they do subconsciously we're trying to be white we're trying to do what they do right what makes us dope is that we're not like that right but you have to look at history because when white people came here the 13 colonies was called the 13 penal colonies this was the british prison system and they couldn't go back so they had to colonize this land they had to fucking rape you know uh kill steal the land and treat you this way because they don't have a home Mm-hmm. So their whole mindset is survival, right? So when you look at it that way, I, my mindset is not survival as far as that stuff because in America we have an abundance of everything. Again, I just told you in, in, 19, in fucking 1991, I was in Alabama and everybody that lived around us had farms and cows and chickens and food and they were the happiest people that we ever met. They had abundance of everything. That wasn't 40 years ago. That was in 1991. Mm-hmm. Right, so the, the mindset right, right. Of, of somebody who's always in survival mode, you erase, you you become hate, you become uh, hateful. You know, you want to kill, you want to fight, you want civil wars, because everything is based on survival. So our mindset is not that, and it should never be that. You know what I'm saying? So that's right. my take on why white people have that mindset of being so militant. They well, have I mean, to because they, at the end of the day, they know this is not their land. To go even further than that, it's, it's I, we talked about it last episode, and. and like I said, in, in Frances Quest Wilding's The ISIS Paper, she talks about how um, her theory about how they, like, even white skin came to be, and it's more of the, uh, of the fact of albinism. And albinism, obviously, there's been places in Africa where they were literally cutting albinos up in body part, their body parts in pieces. And that was like more recently than, than even before. So at that first part, it turned into almost they were outcasted and then kind of rejoined themselves at a point where they were not, you know, <clears throat> damn, Lo, what the hell you do to your shit? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm moving around a little bit. <laughs> so right um, to that point, it's, it's like uh, that it was almost a hereditary thought over time as to where you're still looking at that mental imagery of, like you said, survival, where it's like at any given time, 
we can be back outcast to the mountains and then it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, when Lowe gets back uh, from wherever the hell he went, I got just a couple more questions for the night. There was one that I, I, was, I had while you were talking and I completely forgot it. But I guess um, the first one, this will be two, two more questions, and the first one would be that when Kaepernick first kneeled, um, how did you feel? Now, I'll go Keon you, first. Um, I would say I was, I would say I was neutral about it in the sense that I didn't have an, a real emotional reaction to it. I didn't have an emotional reaction to it until white people took what he was trying to say and what he was trying to bring awareness to and flipped it on his head and started calling him a monkey and all that shit. I understood what he was doing. I understood why he was doing it. So I didn't have an emotional attachment to it until they started attacking him. Mm-hmm. And I knew why he kneeled. Someone from the military asked him to kneel. He started by sitting on a bench. And the military person that he spoke to said he felt that was disrespectful and that, you know, when we lose a loss one, we take a knee. So you should take a knee. So he did what a military person asked him to, a white mil- military person asked him to. Yeah, Nate Boyer and, is his name. Yeah. And then the entire country took that and wrapped it into something that it never was. So and, and you know, I mean, people pick up, bring up the pig socks and all that shit, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, by that point, it's like we're fucking three years into it and now you just want to find any excuse that you could possibly find um, Leon what you got for an answer um, I think before I started thinking about that thing now I would have had a completely different reaction I didn't really give a fuck didn't matter to me because although I respected him his sacrifice and what he was trying to bring a witness to I just I just knew it didn't mean anything like my brother said the moment you see he's this guy is sacrificing his whole career and then white people took it and spun it however they wanted to. That's how much power they have because they control the media. They control the imagery. They had the power to take that shit and spin it to him being disrespectful. Right? Now, anybody who, if you just look at history, the NFL back in the day, the players didn't even come out for the national anthem. Nope, that yeah. shit is new. Right? They didn't even come out for the national anthem. Now, the, the New England Patriots, we love the Patriots because we're here in New England, right, and they win, but the New England Patriots actually gets money from the fucking military, right, to, to put up military ads and fly the flyovers and all that, so you're looking at this shit and it's like, these dudes have so much control that they're controlling everything we think about what we see when you watch an NFL game, right, okay. so for me, I'm, I'm big on what's the end result and what it's going to accomplish. And I'm saying I didn't give a fuck because I didn't think it was going to accomplish anything except his career being ruined, which is what they did. I mean, I said at that time, it's it's crazy because when, when the Kaepernick thing happened, I literally said to somebody, they're lucky that this shit is not the NBA because there would not be a fucking NBA. Um, <laughs> and obviously we're seeing that at, at a, a, obviously a complete different pace at this point now where they're like holding up games and trying to make stuff change uh, to the point of, of whatever and I think we are getting closer to a point where people just say you know what fuck it I don't care and, and, and that point's not going to come until people do travel the world more because I think J.R. Smith when he went to China to play he made some stupid ass amount of money for like a small amount of time 
you imagine if a major goes there, like if Steph Curry just goes, yo, I'm playing in China next year, and they're going to give me this contract. That would change everything. Um, and I, I, I think I said it a while back, where LeBron just has a school now. Can you imagine if LeBron gets a college? How many fucking recruits are going to LeBron's college and taking the power away from, you know, a lot of these universities that just – prey on getting these dudes money so that they can hold up their university high as if it's something more important than just, you know, having the best basketball player there at the time. But you know, you know what, Ray, the only thing is that, and like, and I love LeBron started a school, right? Cause that's one of the things that I always talk to my brother about. Like I, I would love to start a school, but with the curriculum of the shit that we're talking about now, mm-hmm. like real life shit. But the issue with that is right. We talked about independence them guys going to China, they're still fucking working in the system. The Chinese are doing business with America. The independence play would be all these fucking billionaires, somebody like LeBron and Jordan, all these dudes with money. Let's just say we start off very small. We leave the NBA, and we travel the world and play at Rutgers Park. We play on Coney Island. We play at Washington Park. And now you have... It's like, a, it's like an and one mixtape tour of the best players in the world. It's a totally different ballgame because now you control 100% of the media. You control 100% of the money that's flowing in. They, yo, they can show up and fucking play in a week. Let's just say they, they play pickup games for seven days in Boston. I don't give a fuck what local gym you put them in. You can charge fucking five. I mean, to, but if you look at it there. now, I, you, you got Ice Cube setting up the infrastructure for it with the big three. It's just with older players. So now if you uh, somehow with obviously Ice Cube's angry as fuck on social media right now. I just don't think somebody put this down in his paper message to black people because that actually is a great fucking idea. If you just said, yo, we're going to take the Ice Cube infrastructure, we're going to use some current NBA players, you can even try it in the offseason. So we're going to tour with these players, it'd be almost like the dream team and 100% of the benefits, you make your own opposite jerseys, you make you different do anything profit you want to off do, those right? jerseys. Really the point is you can do anything you want to do. Independence is the answer. You can do whatever you want to do if you walk away from the NBA. You, Lo, are you back with that mini screen of fucking cell phone internet? Yeah, his wife G checked him. <laughs> yeah. He has to go home. He's in the car. Oh, here we go. Yep. <laughs> I, I am in the car right now, but yeah, no, I'm back. Just to touch on um on the whole Kaepernick thing. Obviously, me being hardcore 49ers fan, um, it's it's twofold. Leon hit it right on the head. This dude came out from the jump, said that he talked to a Green Beret. He talked to him about the issue and how he wanted to peacefully protest about it. And the Green Beret told him this would be a respectful thing to do for the flag. Take a knee. Don't make a big hoorah-rah about it. And then the media is able to spin it around and make him disrespecting the flag and soldiers when he has family members that are, milita- that are in the military. So that part of it, obviously, um, that's just the media doing what they do. They're trying to put, um, they're trying to pit us against each other. No, um, straight, straight, straight. Straight. Uh, yeah, straight. They're trying, to, <laughs> they're trying to, that's wrong. They're trying to pit us against each other. So then second fold is, let's just uh, rip the Band-Aid off, black quarterbacks. Why does this always have to happen to a black quarterback? Colin Kaepernick was coming off of a season where he threw like 14 touchdowns, three interceptions, didn't start that season or whatever. 21 was three, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, okay, so I, so I underplayed it. Obviously the best quarterback on the team. This dude can't get a job, so he got blackballed by the NFL. We knew that, that was coming. Eric Reed, 
was rated the number two safety in the NFL that season. He went he went on to be a free agent and couldn't get a job. If that doesn't open your eyes, it's got nothing to do with wins and losses. It's got nothing to do with talent and the fact that you can continuously have people online, through social media, whatever it may be, spin this narrative that he doesn't have a job because he wasn't good enough. Then I, I, and, and then when you point out Eric Reed, they just completely dismiss it. It just shows you exactly the state that this country is still in. Well, um, with that being said, and I said this to I said this to Leon when we were talking before, um, and it actually speaks directly to the situation kind of you're in and, and, and kind of what you spoke about before we even started the episode is that a lot of the excuses that people were using was like, well, if you worked at any job and they said this, then you would be fired. And to me, it's like, yeah, you're right, but that's a fucking problem to me. Because now the people that are the gifted ones, the people that are bringing that, you know, that art and that, that creativity to your workspace should be able to explore their own and express their own creativity outside of what you want them to say, outside of what affects you or what offends you. And that in itself should be something that makes everybody stop and look at themselves and go, why the fuck am I even doing this when it's not everything that embodies the, uh, the, the spirit of how I think about the world? Right, right. And, and at, Go ahead, at, the end, at the end of the day, his message was to bring light to police brutality, unarmed black men being murdered. That should be something that every single American should be able to rally behind. But it's not because it involves the word black. Now, my synopsis is when they came to Kaepernick, he said, I'm taking this knee because when our military um, veterans come back from fighting war, they're treated horribly. If he had done that, do you think he'd still have a job? Absolutely he would. Yep. He'd probably be the spokesperson for the, for the NFL or something. <laughs> right, right, right. It, it's, it's never... A lot of people have a problem with... Um, when it's Black Lives Matter, there's an issue. All Lives Matter, fantastic. Blue Lives Matter, even better. So what's the problem? The problem is the word black. Yeah. That's the problem. Oh, yeah. Well, I, hey, yeah, Ray, I think the funny... St- Sorry, Leo, let me put this. This is a funny story. So when someone tells so someone uses an excuse that, oh, if you said that at a job, you would get fired. Actually, most of the time, no, you wouldn't. Let's flashback to between 2004, 2005 and working at Circus City. I help a customer buy something for their computer, right? He's upgrading his graphics card or some shit. He goes, all right, I'm going to have, you know, the, the geeks. They weren't called geeks at that time. I don't even know what the hell their name. I'm going to have them put the um, new graphics card in, and you can have the old one because it still works. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just build a computer. Go back to get it. A white kid stole it, right? I'm looking like, where's my shit? They check this shit. They find out he stole it. They come to me and ask me, so what do you want us to do about it? And I say, I want you to do the exact same thing you would have did if I did it. And I walked out the room, and he was fired the next day. Yeah, I mean it, it, that's one hundred percent true. They, no they didn't have no plans to fire him. If I said it was okay, they wouldn't have fired him. Yeah, yeah. but because I, if I if I would have got fired, they fired. You him. know, you know what that was, and and they love to do this. It, it this was a situation where they were scared that you was about to make some black noise. If you would have <laughs> said don't fire him, they know don't fire him. But when you say something so cryptic, they're like, we better fire him because. We're going to get some black noise tomorrow if we don't fire him. And they don't want black noise. There's no question about that. Um, we got one more question left, but Leon, if you want to say something about that last one, go ahead, and then I'll hit that last question. Yeah. 
it goes uh for me it just goes right back to independence and control right they're 100 right when you're when you're working for these rich white dudes as an nfl quarterback and you're a black quarterback one you know how fucking talented you have to be to be a black quarterback and be the face of their franchise because they don't want you there in the fucking first place they want somebody who's six foot five and has a fucking little thing in his chin looking like brady looking like a model with a model wife that's the business image they want. Actually, let me cut you off for one second because I, I just want to say something about your conversation. When Cam Newton came to Carolina, the fucking owner of Carolina said, in a press conference meeting, we just got to get him to cut his hair and clean himself up so he can be the quarterback. Why the fuck does he have to do that? And you can keep going. Yeah. But like, you look at Lamar Jackson. He has free-forming like, he free hair. He's wearing gold chains. And you know why he can do that? Because he's that fucking good. Michael Brick, uh, Michael Vick was the face of the franchise with braids and all that shit. Think of how good he has to be, because Leon Finkley with braids ain't getting a fucking security job. <laughs> nope, that's a fact. Uh, that's true. Because again, like from a from a business standpoint, right? These white these billionaire white dudes are trying to sell Budweiser, Coors Light, fucking Nike running shit. They, everything is geared towards them selling to white people. ESPN is geared towards white men when they put ads up. They're not geared towards anybody else. So why do they want these black dudes up there? They have to be that fucking good and that great of a quarterback to have even a shot to be the, the, the basically the president of these companies. That's what they are. So, I mean, just to say something about that, and, and Lorenzo actually spoke a little bit about Allen Iverson um, earlier. Allen Iverson changed the NBA in a way that I don't know another player that did. Because in that stretch after Jordan left, we're talking about arm sleeves. We're talking about the motherfucking question armbands, 50 of them, cornrows down your back. Everybody was wearing cornrows to the point that the NBA literally had to make a dress code policy because he was making money off of changing the entire environment of the fucking entire United States. There's a dude that's the, like, he's like the president of France. He just met Trump or some shit, and he said that Allen Iverson was his favorite player ever, his son's favorite player ever. So, like, that, his culture at the time, and obviously, you know, hip-hop culture runs the world, definitely the young world, whether people want to admit it or not. All these artists change kind of the theme of everything that, that, that everybody's wearing. I know somebody said, I saw, I was watching this stock show, and somebody was like, I don't think that the change of Adidas goes hand in hand uh, in terms of their stock market with what Kanye did. And I'm like, it's literally on fucking paper. When Kanye went from Nike to Adidas, Adidas took over Nike and the stock market. But you're acting like it's not. This man invented his own fucking shoe and argued with Nike about it. So that's kind of the I'm taking my ball and doing kind of whatever I want thought process. Um last question of the night would be and I know Leon you talk a lot about this which is um, who is black and who is not in the United States how do we let everybody else know that they are in terms of regaining that unity so that we can build the programs that we talk about how do we tell you know these Dominicans that uh, actually this is your history this is what it is and create these programs because like I'm in a like this, this fucking black empowerment group that's on Facebook is two million people strong, and you got <coughs> black people telling Spanish people that they can't be in it, and that shit to me is unacceptable because it's just you're so fucking stupid that you don't even understand the, what you're arguing about. 
not all Spanish people are, are black, but yeah, go ahead. Later. We'll get into that on another call or maybe after this. Well, no, I mean, we we can, we can get into that now, right? Anybody with like, melanin is. Well, no, yeah, nobody does. is black, right? That's the thing. Like, we have to get away from the classifications and start learning our ancestry and our genealogy. Because if you're Puerto Rican, if you're Dominican, if you're wherever, you, wherever you're from and you speak a different language that's not an indigenous language to where you are, right? You more than likely have more than likely have mixed blood of whoever the languages you speak and the indigenous people. So that means you know Dominicans are choosing to call themselves white and to basically say that they're from Europe and they're they're claiming their their European ancestors. They 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 were taught that white is better, so they don't know any better. Sammy Sosa was is one of the most famous athletes in the world. Had all the money in the world. I'm pretty sure he was fucking any woman he wanted to. And he still, his skin color wasn't good enough for him. And they how actually do, hate how him do we the fix that? <laughs> what I'm saying is, how do we fix that? He he bleached his skin and started wearing blue contacts. <laughs> that's not, hey, I don't really know what it is. I, I can't fix that. Right? You look at the, If you look at the island of uh, Española, it's named after Europe. That Europe was called Española at one time. Take away the border, everybody on that island has ancestors who are, hate, who are Haitian. The Dominicans are Haitian people who mix with Europeans. Yeah. That's all they are. Mm -hmm. Yep. But you can't tell them that because they're light-skinned now. Keon. Some of them. Yep. Oh, I was going to say, and the only reason that the, the uh, Haitians aren't light is because they killed all the French and ran their ass up off the island. That's the only reason they look different. So what, what do you think as far as um the question? Like, how do we kind of reconvince people that this is what it is? I Well, I think we're going to... Tr trying to do that, you're going to run into a, a number of things. Right now, and I say Spanish, and I'll, I'll just say, you know, Hispanics and Dominicans. Yeah, I'm not talking about, like, motherfuckers from Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say Hispanics meaning... Um, Dominicans and, and Puerto Ricans have a community. They have a culture. They have a, they have a economy here. They have power. They have a voice. Why would they ever say that? Okay, now we have this and we can make these power moves. Why would they ever say, yeah, we're really black? No, never. They'll never. They'll never do it. In order to do that, they may lose everything that they've gained through being Hispanic and building a community and, and having that structure. That black people don't have right now. You think they're gonna give that up? Fuck no. So with that being said, I posed the question a, a couple episodes back, and I don't think anybody would give that up. Um, in terms of where we are in this country, if I said, you know, Leon's cannon of a quarterback arm, would he give that up so that somebody else could have, you know, even an even arm with him? If if I said, yo, what you do great. Would you give that up to be equal with everybody else? And I don't think anybody would say yes to that. And that's like the honest to God truth. And I feel like and Louis C.K. joked about it at all. He said, if race was something that I could sign up for every time, and if you don't know, Louis C.K. is not even white. He's Mexican. Um, said, if race was something that you could sign up for every time, obviously I'm going to sign up for white every time because you can see the benefits of it in America. So why would somebody right. ever want to give away what they have, they're not going to admit it, but they ain't going to say, you know what, I'm going to give this shit away so that everybody can be 
getting the same benefits to color aside because now as a society you can see these people have this these people fucking don't have this these people have the opportunity to be on all these type of tv shows these people don't have the opportunity to be on on all these type of tv shows and uh i guess the question to you low and then we'll finish up unless anybody else has kind of wants to speak more about that situation yeah yeah let me just jump in on the whole um what's black conversation i think that um definitely us four you know what we've had the opportunity to travel outside of this country and actually see (laughs) in person what black is right i think it's gonna have to start in the schools and i and and i think me and leon have had have had this conversation before i'm not sure how that's ever going to get done because the people who the people who own the keys to that are never going to want our kids or their kids to know the truth so let's start with a couple things right i i've been to columbia um i know ray you have uh leon too i went to one of the poorest areas in 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 columbia what did i find there people darker than me people with nappier hair than me and i would beg and i would believe that in most of the places in all the americas you'd find the same thing because these are the the aboriginals these are the original people of those lands so then the Europeans come over right 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 so then the Europeans and other people travel and and they mate with them but then the things that 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 we see through the through the media I never knew that there were Colombians that were as dark as I was we go to Panama earlier this year um you go to the Panama Canal and it's right there in front of your face the people who are building the canal are, are, are black people I was never taught this in school why they don't want you to know it so go to, so I mean and I, I would definitely advise you to go to Cartagena I did a walking tour in Cartagena and there's literally uh, fucking basically metal chains in the ground still from when they built the fort around Cartagena because they literally chained people there to build it for them both me and Leon went to the first free slave village in all the Americas. It's 4,000 Africans. It's the only place in the world that they speak a cross African and Spanish language. And there's no wow. fucking crime. And everybody is dark as shit. Um, no yep. crime at all. Uh, and uh, when I, it's funny, there's no crime. Everybody lives in shacks with a fucking brush as the top of their house. But there's a brand new church. Because you know somebody had to come in there and try to push that church in there. When I asked him about the church, he said, "No, nah, no. If somebody wants to use it, they use it, but we don't use it. We only believe what we believe, which is that there's many gods that we kind of deal with. So that kind of goes back to obviously the that thought process behind what the natives thought, what original American Indians thought, what original Africans thought that it's more spiritual than anything, and it's not this one." figure that figures out everything for you. Leon, you look like you want to say something, so go ahead. Yeah, when we went to Plinke, one of the things that struck me was the guy said, the deal with the Roman Catholic Church for them to keep their land was they was able to put that church there. And like everything that we talk about with slavery, this shit keeps going right back to the Roman Catholic Church. Right? So they were able to put that church there only so they can keep their land. Like, they don't even go in it. They don't believe in being Catholics, Christians, none of that. They literally allowed them to put the church there so they can keep their land. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. And happy. Happy as shit, mind you. Like, yeah. these motherfuckers, is ha- it's happy as hell that everybody remembered us when I went back there because I went back there again with TT and we, we sat there and ate a- a- as well. And um, 
it, it's it's almost like when I do travel, I like to develop almost like an extended family as to wherever I go, so that I'm I'm recognized wherever I am when I go there again. But um, I guess that is the last question tonight. Unless Keon, you want to say something? This was way more successful than I thought it was going to be because everything came through perfectly and it actually worked better other than low getting in a random car and driving down random fucking streets. Uh, I'm down to do hey, this at least he, at least the last uh, Sunday every month. It's up to y'all. I'm good. I'm in. You let me know. Okay. But I was going to say the reason, and low may or may not hear that he's probably getting out of his car going to his house, but... The reason you didn't know that blacks built the Panama Canal is because it's the same reason you didn't know that Asians built the um, um, railroad system in America. Shit, is all the way through Costa Rica. <laughs> all of it. So all of it. But they made sure that they you couldn't even take pictures of the Asians who were building the railroad. All you see is white men, and they didn't do shit. So, because like, like I said, like I said when I was talking, story, man. Well, I was talking to Leon last time. It wasn't until 1920 that they told Asians that they weren't Asian anymore. So before then, they were calling them white. <laughs> Imagine that. But um, thank you guys all for joining the podcast tonight. And like I said, we'll plan to kind of do it. I say the last Sunday every month, we could talk some more Jesus. We could talk everything we need to talk, current events. But um, like I said, thank everybody for joining. And um, everybody that's watching, have a great night. You too. I'm about to go uh, eat some food that my mother-in-law brought me back from um, a farm in Jamaica. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We ain't even getting to the aliens this time, so we got a lot to talk about. Right, listen, time, we going aliens. We I can talk about it. We'll yeah, go. we are aliens. Leon, listen, 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 listen. Red Feather Fink mm -hmm. has a mic now, baby. So everybody tune in. Have a good night. Yeah. See you guys. All right. Later. Out.